welcome back to the Made to Create podcast. Um, it's been a little while since we've put out an episode because hashtag COVID and life. Um, but I'm really excited for today's guest. Um, today we have with us Lindsay, mom, nonprofit founder, hairstylist, and um, just all around really inspiring person. And so I'm really excited for you and I to hear a little bit more about her journey and kind of what she um, has been up to and just kind of a lot of her thoughts on what it's like being a mom and a woman and a creative person. And, um, yeah, I think this is going to be really great. So maybe why don't you just start out by, well, I mean, I guess you could say hi. Hi. (laughs) Um, so I know we've been kind of chatting offline, um, a little bit beforehand and it's been really great. Um, and I all of a sudden like remembered like, oh, we should probably start our podcast because this is all really <laughs> free content. But um, yeah, why don't you tell I, everyone? Actually, I used it all up. Uh, yeah. I got, I'm, I'm sorry. We got everything done we I'm need. Trained. I have to go now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, hi there. I am Lindsay King. Um, I'm originally from Seattle, Washington. And I moved out fairly young and I went to school for music. So I had in my mind that my whole life I was going to be, um, I mean, I guess it would be the closest thing would be Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I knew I would never be a Britney Spears. I knew I would never be, um, you know, any of these like pop, pop princesses. I thought I would be the next Amy Winehouse. I grew up on, you know, BB King mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, CCR and Aretha Franklin. And so I had, you know, this path that I thought I was like destined to go down. And I went to school for music on a scholarship. And then I immediately dropped out. Mm. Um, school was such a struggle for me. Just the structure of it. Uh, even even for music. Because music theory is pure math. Right. And my brain was like, nope, done. <laughs> Everything for me is by feeling, by ear. Um So I dropped out and then I just thought I would be with all these bands and that I was just going to be get famous. And I had the most fun. I mean, Mm. I had the most fun. I was doing I was working in bars and restaurants. I was playing in bands and recording and performing. And I was just doing a million different things. I was modeling. I was like up dancing in these crazy nightclubs as Marie Antoinette. I mean, I just had like so much fun. And after a while, someone told me like, you are not going to be able to be like young and beautiful and like carefree forever. Like eventually you need a career and a, and a job and like something to fall back on. And that was a huge, like, loss. I mean, mm. it felt like coming to that realization that, like, no, I'm I'm past the point of, like, picking up and moving to L.A. and trying to, like, quote, unquote, make it. Like, that time, that like, that was probably coming to an end. And it, it took me a couple years to really truly, like, mourn that loss. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, I was having a really great time messing up my own hair. and I became pretty good friends with my stylist I like I look back on her as like a huge inspiration of where I got to today and I will never forget I dyed a piece of my black hair neon orange like a triangle of it very cute and she was like you keep messing up your hair clearly you like 
doing hair. <laughs> Why don't you go to school for it? Mm-hmm. And I remember telling myself and thinking, like, you're a sellout, like, you're not pursuing your music, Mm -hmm. like, you're giving up. But if you take a tour at your beauty school and you get excited, you should do it. And I did. I got super excited. And I was like, this is amazing. And so I flew through beauty school. I had met my husband on a vacation. Well, obviously not my husband yet. But I met this guy, friends with my sister, and I... I wanted to move to San Diego because that's where she, my sisters were living. And you were still in Washington then? Yep. Okay. I was still in Washington. So I wanted to get through beauty school as fast as possible, move to San Diego, and like feel it out with this guy. Um, and my husband was different than anyone I had ever met, and I was ready to get out of Seattle. I was kind of ready to change kind of that mindset. Like people in San Diego mm-hmm. all have a similar mindset, right? Well, people in Seattle have a similar mindset. And I was just ready for something new. I lived there forever. Um, and I was kind of ready to like make that adult switch. Yeah. Um, so I left my best friend of a million years that we've never lived more than a mile apart Mm. and my mom and, um, finished beauty school in record time, like I said. And in that point in time, my husband got a job and was like, if you want to be with me, you have to move to Arizona. Oh my. So I was like, oh my gosh, talk about different. Yeah. (laughs) So I moved to Arizona. I started as an assistant in a salon, popped around to a few salons as an assistant and started learning because it's like driver's ed just because you take driver's ed does not mean you're a great mm-hmm. driver same with hair just because you go to beauty school does not mean you're a great stylist so I learned I learned a ton of things I lived in Arizona and had that huge shift and that year was really tough it was a really tough year yeah. I was 23 24 um and again I think I was probably still processing like letting go of my dream mm-hmm. in a sense um and I am a firm believer that like to do something well you have to give it your all. Like, I can be mediocre at a ton of things. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I actually want to make money doing hair, like, I have to give it my all and I have to work really hard. They, like, music can be my hobby, but it can't be, like, my everything. Mm-hmm. So I think I was probably still processing that. And, like, my husband's career was thriving. He got another promotion and we moved to – where did we move? We moved to Modesto, California. Okay. It's very glamorous if you've never heard of it. Um, I'm pretty sure Louis Vuitton and Gucci are headquartered there. Okay. okay. Um, no, it's terrible. Yeah. It's, yeah, no, it's the Yeah, worst. I'm from Victorville, so. Oh, okay. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it, I, it was so hard. That was, a, that was a tough year, I would say, personally, because in that time, I also had quit smoking. I was a smoker. Mm-hmm. Seattle, an art school. Right. It's yeah. like, it's like you go to orientation, they're like, here's your pack of cigarettes, <laughs> your black hair, and a black t-shirt. Like, you can't. You can't, like, graduate until you have those things. Makes sense. So, obviously. So, I quit smoking, gained a bunch of weight. I still had no idea what I was doing with hair. Popping around salons, just getting whatever jobs I could. You know, my husband was growing and doing really well, and I wasn't. And, you know, it was just it was just really tough. We didn't yeah. have any friends. Um, and I will say, like, like, in Arizona, I made a couple good friends. And in the Central Valley, like... My husband met his best friend that we're so close with, but I didn't have that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were there for a year. And then another year later, we moved to the Bay Area. So we were in Walnut Creek, and then we got married. And I still was like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I, I know we're not going to be in Walnut Creek forever. And I felt like I had been in limbo for years. Yeah. And I'm not doing anything with music because it's such a short time to know you're only somewhere for one year like, what, what can you do? Mm-hmm. 
So it's almost like you're just trying to get through it to see what's going to be on the other side. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I felt stagnant. And, and I do battle depression, anxiety. Um, I have ADHD. So I feel like mentally, I was also really struggling. Mm. Um, so got married and we bought our first condo right outside of San Francisco. And it's actually an island called Alameda. So you're 20 minutes away from San Francisco by ferry. You can see San Francisco. And you are connected to Oakland by a tiny bridge. And it has these insane Victorian-style houses with, like, pillars and gold details. beautiful. It's gorgeous. I mean, it's just, like, been frozen in time. Super safe. Tons of restaurants and breweries and cafes and wineries. And and it felt like um, a tiny baby city. Mm -hmm. Like... um, I don't know if you picked up a tiny baby city and like put it in a residential area. So that is where I felt like I finally got to spread my wings. Mm -hmm. So I found the best salon and I got a job there and I was there for, I want to say like four years. And I don't feel like I connected with a stylist and I feel like I had a manager that definitely was not a fan of me, but it pushed me to kind of get that strength to push ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was there for four years and I started being able to do music again. Um, so I did like a little jazz trio and we performed at like little wine bars and, and I felt like my soul was happy. Career-wise, I was happy. Um, I felt like I was finally in that like good balanced place and mm-hmm. my husband was doing well. And the only thing missing was that we hated San Francisco. Oh, gosh. So... um We had our daughter, um, her name was Nola, and we were actually getting ready to move to New Orleans, which is our favorite city. And we were ready, like ready to go. And my husband got a job offer in San Diego, and that's where Ah. our family is. His family's two hours away. My sisters, who are like I'm super close with, are here, and... You know, once you have a baby, it becomes less about the adventure and more right. about what's best for, like, the whole unit. Yeah. And so we made that tough decision to say no to New Orleans, which would have been such an adventure, such a different lifestyle. And my husband would have been making California money in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So the quality of life, too, would have just been so different. Right. Um, and we moved to San Diego. And, and I'm so happy and I love it, but I will say it was, um, you still think about it, of course. You're still right. like, oh, this adventure, but I'm- What I'm would s- that have been like? Right, what, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I don't get me wrong. I love it and I'm so happy here. I found a salon that is one stop sign and one stoplight away from my house. Mm-hmm. The owner is one of my dearest friends. Um, I call her my salon sister because (laughs) she is so funny, so empowering and encouraging. And I truly believe that when you are supported as a creative person, whether it's by like your partner or your company or whatever, that is when your creativity can like not only blossom and bloom, but literally freaking explode. Yeah, And I feel like in these three years as a stylist, I am not even like the same person. And it's because I felt that confidence and that love and that support that I've been able to just grow 
my skill level, my confidence, my uh, everything. Mm -hmm. So uh, the salon is called The Beauty Bungalow. And every stylist that works there, I love, that has currently worked there or previously worked there, I'm still close with. Um, I have some amazing mom friends that I met like a month after living in San Diego at Stroller Strides. Um, I have three incredible mom friends. Mm -hmm. I've got a huge book club full of like another separate group of friends that are so supportive and incredible that, I mean, I just feel so lucky to be where I am. Um, I had a a Facebook group called Moms of Poway uh, feature a crazy corrective color that I did. And my phone has never stopped ringing. (laughs) I mean, never. I'll be at Target pre-COVID, no masks, and people would be like, oh, my God, you're Lindsay King. (laughs) Oh, hey, let me talk to you about my hair. But it's like it's it's such a different reality and world that I ever thought I would be living. And, like, you're talking to the girl that ate lunch with a librarian in high school every single day um, whose house got egged 27 times. So to have, like, this kind of, like, friendship and and this kind of, like, recognition Mm – um, it's very, very surreal. Yeah. Um, and I imagine too, just hearing about like all your different moves and just kind of those points of like not having much of a community like for yourself and then, you know, coming here and then that just being a total shift too. Yeah. Um, in three years, yeah. like in three years, which is really a short amount of time. Right. Um, I feel like this is the longest introduction. I'm sorry. No, this is great. This I'm is loving this. This is literally the longest introduction. Do you want to hear back to like my first day of first grade? Like I can, no, I'm just kidding. How was that? Let's I can uh... go back further. Um, so I feel like I was doing so, not well professionally, like that mm-hmm. sounds vain, but it's not. I was doing so. Um, you were yeah. doing what you wanted to. It sounds yeah. like you felt very like cool. I felt. I felt like I was growing at like a reasonable rate. Yeah. And I feel like I didn't have anything. I was like scared or stressed about at work. Like mm-hmm. I felt just like, like I'm doing well, I'm supported, I'm growing. Like what, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like this Facebook group in particular, it's all moms in Poway. There's like 7,000 of them. And I mean, it, it made me like, it made my career now mm-hmm. if it wasn't for that. So I'm like, what can I do? So I started volunteering. I started doing small things. I did um, a mom makeover last year. So not, not like this year, but last year, last around last Christmas for a mom that had the most heartbreaking, sad story about, um, helping these stepdaughters that she just loved so much. And by helping these stepdaughters, she was going to have to also help the ex-wife, but she just, of her current husband, Mm -hmm. but decided that like her love for these children who are not biologically hers was more important than like her, feelings about this ex-wife and so she did it anyways and opened up her home and she was stocking shelves at Walmart and doing Uber Eats mm-hmm. and offering to do anything and she was in the military and I was like this story is literally like breaking my heart like what can I do for you so I did like a whole mom makeover for her and I decided I wanted it to be annual so in that time period, I also was like doing some volunteer work with the San Diego Food Bank and I was starting to plan like um, some other like volunteer events and then things with COVID just kind of started happening and mm-hmm. a lot of those things were getting canceled. But right before they got canceled, um, I spoke at um, 
a charity fundraiser and got the first award I've literally ever gotten in my entire <laughs> life. Like, I don't even have participation trophies. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have medal, like nothing. Um, I think I've gotten like a, you read so many books award when I was like a kid. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have that, like, you know, over summer. Yeah. Um, but I got, you know, this woman of the year award and I decided, I was like, you know, I think I'm going to start being a motivational speaker for mm. women and moms because so many of the things I talk about with my clients, I, I have on like repeat because so many women feel the same way that I'm like, maybe this is going to be like what I pivot off of. Um, because I do want to do hair and I love doing hair, but I feel like I have more to give than just being behind the chair. Yeah. And maybe I, I just feel like I need a balance with something else. And I feel like I've been searching my whole life for like that thing. Like, what is the thing I meant to do? Like, Maybe it's not being a famous blues singer. Maybe it's not being, you know, a celebrity hairstylist working on Kim Kardashian. Mm -hmm. Like, what what am I meant to do? And I feel like I've been looking forever. And so I was like, I'm going to do this. And I got asked to speak at these, like, three other events. And I'm like, this is it. This is what I'm meant to do. And I was so excited because I do. I love, I love performing and speaking in front of large groups. Yeah. And then everything got canceled. Yeah. Because of COVID. So I pumped my brakes and I started writing. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to be an author. Like, I'm going to write a self-help book, which I still want to do. I still want to do. Um, and I reached out to, like, celebrity authors. And I reached out to all these people. And I got these responses back. And then I started working on it, started working on it. And then, um, you know, hearing some of these really horrific stories with COVID, I started just feeling so heavy. And I'm like, you know, I have, like, I'm going to be okay, but some of these people are not. Like, what yeah. can I give? Like, obviously, I'm like, take everything. I'll live in a cardboard box and be homeless is, like, what my heart wants to do. But, like, what can I actually give? Right. So I'm like, I can give haircuts. Like, I can. I physically can give haircuts. So a friend of mine um, helped me with, like, the tech side because I'm horrible at that. We got to sign up. We got waivers, like all the, the, the not fun stuff. And she handled all of that because she is a freaking amazing human being. <laughs> um, I feel like every time I call her, she's like, oh, God, what are you going to ask me for? Because I do. I'm like, Mary, make my website in one week. <laughs> Mary, let's organize this. Will you help me? Mary, do you guys want to donate to my nonprofit? Like, like I feel like she's probably dreads my calls because I'm just going <laughs> to. Oh, no, it's Lindsay What again. are you going to ask me to do? <laughs> Um, so, but she did, she was incredible. And, um, so imagine like you sit down with someone for 20 minutes, they pour out the, the hardest, saddest story. And then you cut their hair and they say, thank you so much. Like, I really appreciate it. Bye. On to the next. Mm -hmm. They pour out this story. And like, all of a sudden I felt like I had a million weights on me. Mm -hmm. And I was so glad that I that I did these haircuts, but I felt so heavy. And I'm an I would say I'm an over empath. I can read yeah. feelings. And I it took me days to recover emotionally. Um and the news came and talked to me. And I feel like I was so awkward because I was in a mask and like someone had <laughs> just told me this powerful story. And I felt like I was just sitting there and I'm like, 
what do I do with my hands? Like, <laughs> and I, I felt like I just was like word vomiting and the camera lady was looking at me like, what is wrong with this girl? <laughs> but it was so almost like so hard to talk about because I was like yeah. living it in that moment. Um, but that's what really got me thinking about it. Like I was like, I have the ability to like take what I do at work and like make people feel good and do something bigger. Mm. And I had postpartum and I have, I mean, I have depression, anxiety. I'm a working mom. I'm in my thirties. I'm not 22. Like I I have all of these things that I'm like, you know, I, I feel like I have a lot to share that I wanted to do something bigger. And so when I started talking about doing my mom makeover again mm-hmm. for this year, I was I reached out to the community for donations and all of a sudden I had like these insane things donated that I'm like, wow. whoa, I need to pump my brakes and I probably need to go legit or else I'm going to go to jail for like <laughs> laundering or, or like embezzling and not be like, who right. knows what? So I basically just asked all the smartest people I know to help me, (laughs) including the girl that I make her do all sorts of crazy stuff, and started a nonprofit. And I I named it What You Deserve because Mm. it's for moms, and we all deserve it. Um, So stylist, check. Not really singing right now because I am too busy and not sleeping, check. Um... Started a nonprofit, still working on writing, and still hoping to be a motivational speaker. And trying to keep your children alive. Oh, uh, yeah, process. I guess that too. Yeah. And and I <laughs> sort of love my husband too. So I guess yeah, being a good wife. Too. So, like, you know. And also having to make sure you have clean underwear because as <sighs> we learned earlier, that's, that's that overrated. was a struggle for me today. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I guess, they are like. clean right now, just so everyone knows. Okay. But, but, but none of us judge you if they want. <laughs> My pants are not clean. I have avocado toast on them, but I am wearing new shoes, so okay. it equals out. Absolutely. <laughs> so that is like literally the longest introduction. No, it's great because that's really. I mean, story. that's the whole point. Is that's, like yeah. the the journey and the story and um and I mean and the fun thing is it's not like the story ends right. No, and I don't know what I'm. Yeah, yeah. my story. My story is a choose your own adventure book. Like I. <laughs> I still don't know where, like, I still don't know what I'm doing, to be Mm -hmm. honest. Like, I know what I want to do. Yeah. I know that I, you know, I had these two recipients this year that we helped them with things they needed for their family while also focusing on things they needed for themselves Mm -hmm. to feel good. And I'm not talking like, oh, here's some makeup, like, you're pretty, okay, bye. It's like what makes you feel good comes from the inside that radiates out. So when you look in the mirror, you don't hate what you see. Yeah. To me, that's like what positive self-image is. Um, you know, I, I don't look at myself right now and say, oh, girl, you are so perfect and beautiful. <laughs> but I look at myself right now and say, you know what? You worked your butt off during the pandemic and you lost 30 pounds. You take really good care of yourself and eat really well and are the strongest you've ever been. You've been a non-smoker for eight years and never lapsed once. Mm -hmm. Like that, I look at those things and that's like, to me, positive self-image. Right. So whether it's a, you know, your hair is so cute and curled, like if that makes you feel good, like that's something positive that you see when you look at yourself. Yeah. And I think that that's really important. I think as women, a lot of times it's like, oh, well, like 
if you're too done up, like you're probably ditzy and vain. Mm -hmm. Or if you are not done up at all, like you're probably granola and you don't care about the way that you look. (laughs) And I think, you know, I I have a friend that's a lawyer and she's like, well, I don't want to be too blonde or else I won't be taken serious. And so we have as women all these stigmas about the way that we look. Yeah. And being a mom. And like, I will tell you, I'm a mom and I still will wear a crop top. Like, I'm a mom and I still will, you know, wear high heels. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be in, like, a mini pleather skirt. Um, <laughs> but I still am going to wear, like, and be proud of who I look and who I am. And just because I'm a mom, that doesn't mean that that's not okay. Yeah. So I think there's these stigmas that we still have that maybe we don't even realize or are not talked about where, you know, we talk about mom guilt. A friend yeah. of mine, she literally has mom guilt for even, like, not looking at her children. She feels guilty. And a girlfriend of mine, I did her hair yesterday, and she's like, oh, I just feel guilty. And I'm like, why? Why? Why do we feel so guilty if we do anything for ourselves? Yeah. Why? And I think that's I think that's a great question, too, is, like, what – like, where does that come from? And I, I mean, I think sometimes it's, it's self-imposed, but a lot of times sure. I think we also see, well, we perceive how other people are living or how we think they're living. Or I think you had said it before, like that they've got it all together and, or even like, this is what it means to have it all together, right. whatever that even is. Um, right. and it, what I perceive of myself doesn't look like that. And so I'm not meeting the mark and I need to do better instead of just recognizing that, you know, you're right where you need to be right now. And that's, and you're doing great. And and most likely too, other people looking at you are thinking the same thing that you are about everybody else too, which is the irony. Right. right? Oh, a hundred percent. People look at me all the time when I'm at work and they're like, oh my gosh, how do you do it? How do you look the way that you look? How do you do it? And I'm like, well, um, (laughs) this is my job. Like, it's my job for you to come into the salon and for me to look put together so you trust me Mm -hmm. to make you look good. If I looked like a schlep, I mean, you'd be like, I'm not letting her do my hair. (laughs) So I get up at 5.30. I get up at 5.30 and I work out because it's the only time I have to do it. I normally lay my clothes out so I know what I'm going to wear. I am really fast at doing my hair, but this is extensions. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have my eyebrows microbladed. I have eyelash extensions. I have filler. I have Botox. I have, you know, a a tan usually because that's my job Mm -hmm. to look that way. And I'm very open and honest about that's what I do for myself. And just because I do that, that doesn't mean that you have to do that. And you may do things that I don't do, Mm -hmm. but... It is my job and it is not like, oh, I get to wake up and do yoga and then like make my acai bowl and like (laughs) sit outside and connect with the earth for an hour while I'm like my perfect angel children sleep until 10. Like that, that is not reality. And I am Mm -hmm. the first one to tell you like, stop comparing yourselves. I don't compare my body to to a girl that's 22 and never had kids. Like... Because that's not who I right. am. Like, I, you have, I, I just stop comparing myself to other people. And instead, I surround myself with people that I want to be like, that mm-hmm. are inspiring to me. And that motivates me. And I am. I'm a girl's girl. I don't feel threatened by powerful, strong women. I'm like, I want to be around you so I can feed off that. Yeah. I want to, like... 
I'm the first one to boost you up. But I'm also the first one to say, no, you cannot wear that dress. I love you, but no. <laughs> you can always count on me for, for that because I yeah. think that's so important. And I do. I feel like the main things I see and hear all the time is dismissing like what we were talking about earlier, yeah. saying like, well, I, we just like did this and that's just whatever. And like dismissing and being like, instead of owning, like, no, I'm doing the best I can and I feel good about yeah. it. Like I see that with women and moms all the time with um, over apologizing for dumb shit. That is my <laughs> ultimate pet peeve. Like, like right now, if like my tea wasn't very warm and you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Why are you sorry? We're sitting outside. Why are you sorry? Uh -huh. Why are you saying sorry? Or someone got to their appointment on time and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, you are exactly on time. Why are you apologizing? Women over apologize they for the dumbest do. shit. And I always will stop and say, why, why are you apologizing? Mm -hmm. And I do it too. I will, I will apologize so many times, especially if I feel awkward or anxious or nervous and it's, it's so stupid. And it's mm -hmm. something I'm really trying to work on yeah. and encourage other women not to do. And then the last thing that I really try to, like all, all of these things are like the thoughts that are behind my nonprofit and why I pushed forward with it is saying like, you know, whatever, it could be anything, saying, you know, my husband and I got into a fight and I was late and uh, my car broke down and I have no money in my bank account. But you know what? It's fine. It's totally fine. Everything's fine. It's going to be great. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I cannot even tell you that I hear that probably from every single client I have in my chair. And guess what? It is okay that in the moment it is not freaking yeah. fine. It is okay. And I do. I feel like sometimes like we are programmed to not let things be okay. And like, yeah. you always have to be positive. And if you're not, whatever, you're, you're a bitch or you are mm -hmm. a um, negative person or you are, uh, we, I, I don't, I don't know, but I, there's this stigma with it. And I, I feel like that is a message that I'm, I try to get across is that it is okay to feel how you feel, to grieve, to process mm -hmm. and then move on. Yeah. So all of those things are what drove me to start this nonprofit about what you deserve, focusing on positive self-image and mental wellness. And I think um, a lot of what you're describing about just what you hear from other women is all the different ways in which we, we minimize ourselves um, yes. because we don't feel like we, we deserve to be you know, celebrated or acknowledged or equal. Um, right. Um, like I had read, I don't know if it was an article or a video or something, but they were talking about or maybe a book. I don't know. Um, but they were talking about all the different ways in which, um, even in our, like our language, like we were just talking about, or even in the, our body language, the way that we communicate that, like, um, I had tried to get into the practice of when I was writing an email or something like that, especially if I was reaching out to someone that I perceived to have more power or, um, you, you know, what, what have you, um, like I would say, Hey, I, I just wanted to, um, 
ask or I just wanted to is that that word just like hey yes. it's almost like hey, I you know sorry to bother you I just right. I just wanted to um and I I didn't even recognize like why why do I do that like no I'm reaching out because this and this and this yeah, and this exactly um and then exactly and then in that that same whatever it was book article video um they're also talking about even the way that that we sit that we position ourselves like you look at the way that you know a, a man sits in a chair and this is not like a female male thing but no, no, no. um but you know like men are very comfortable just kind of taking up um more space and and or, or you know the space that they should take up sure um whereas as women like you know we sit very like close close to our body yeah. and we try and take up as much like or as little physical space as we can um and we kind of make ourselves smaller in that way sure um, then, i mean yes 100 percent. Right? and and i again i'm not mm-hmm. i'm not sitting here bashing men yeah, no, in no. any way in any way at all i have great guy friends i have the best husband of all time like I, i'm i love i'm not sitting here saying right that now. i'm just saying as women we do these things yeah. And we don't need to. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of my board members is a man. I am not, you know, I'm not um, hating on men in any way, shape, or form. But it's, it's, and like my husband loves that I'm a strong, outspoken woman. I mean, yeah. he, he loves that. He never, ever tries to dismiss that or silence it or, mm-hmm. you know, there'll be a few times where he's like, please, God, check, <laughs> like, don't embarrass me and like, check your, but like. He is so encouraging and supportive of that. And I think maybe that's why it's come so much to light to mm-hmm. me. Um, because my husband is so not even accepting, but like celebrates it. Yeah. That I, I want other women to feel that confidence. And I think, you know, single moms or, you know, broken relationships or that unhealthy dynamic or they just don't even think about it. Yeah. And it's like what you said with your creativity, when you are surrounded by people that can celebrate and like lift you up in your creativity, you find yourself being more creative. And I think the same goes with um, like feeling empowered, whether it's, you know, as a stylist or as a woman or as a mom, when you're around people that are like your husband, for instance, that are celebrating and encouraging that then it's easier to do that because you've you've kind of got like a team almost, yeah, you know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Oh, God. And my my mom friends, like, I'd be the mom that I'm like, oh, I don't have any diapers or wipes. Like, sorry, <laughs> can I have one of yours? My bad. Um, you know, and, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you feel, like, I don't ever feel judged or, like, not, not okay about it. And, yeah. you know, I do feel like I get spread thin, like very thin, Mm -hmm. because I want to give everything so much. I want to give my kids so much. I want to give my career so much. I want to give my nonprofit so much while being a friend and a wife and stay in shape and, you know, all those things. And and I really just need more time or just to develop a drug habit and quit sleeping. (laughs) Like I just, I need one or the other. I just need more, I just need more time to give everything what it deserves. And I think that's a really common mm-hmm. thing too. And and one thing I know I really want to work on is asking, not asking for more help because I feel like I do have help, but asking my husband and being like, hey, on your way home, can you grab this? Yeah. Or like, hey, you are capable to take this on. Can you help with this? Instead of like trying to literally do it all. Right. Um, it's just it's just that that balancing act and and I never thought I would be here you know I like 
I think back a lot and look back at like old pictures of me and I never thought I would be here. I always had a hard time imagining myself as like mm-hmm. an adult. I'm exact same way. Yeah. And I, I just thought I would be like some version of a rock star. I always thought I would be performing. So COVID has been really hard in that sense because, I mean, this is the biggest audience I'll be in front of. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. in, and instead we, of that. And we've got, yeah, lots of musician friends. And it's it's hard because that's, you know, you it's hard to just play for, you know, I, I know there's uh, one of the silver linings is that we've found ways to connect um, virtually and in ways that we never thought that we could, but it's just not the same. Like you can't, right. how do you play for an audience when, you know, it, you know, you, we can't be more than six feet. Um, we have to be six feet apart and we, right. we have to wear a mask and we have to, and all of these things. Right. I think um, for those creative folks, like in, especially the music or just performance industry, this has been the hardest. Oh, I was devastated when those events got canceled yeah. and I love going to concerts. There's nothing like, concerts in San Diego. Yeah. I mean, it is so much fun. I mean, my favorite band comes here like once a year and I saw them nine days after I had my son in a wheelchair. (laughs) (laughs) I could light a C-section. I am going. I'm going. And I'm so (laughs) glad I did. Everybody thought I was batshit crazy, which I probably was because I just had a baby. (laughs) But he was nine days old. My mother-in-law was in town and one of my nannies for my kids and my best friends and I went to Lord Huron and saw them. Oh, I love them. They are my favorite. And I was in a wheelchair because I just had a C-section. I was like, no joke. I had um, like a Vicodin taped inside my bra because I was like, <laughs> I don't want to get caught with drugs, but I might need it. That is hilarious. So I need to like have it. And I was so scared. I was like, oh my God, what if they pat me down and I'm going to go to jail because I have drugs. But I was so scared. But I was like, I'm doing it. I'm going because I That's know amazing. the road. I know the road ahead. <laughs> like yeah. I know I'm entering like newborn, newborn baby life for a while. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a way harder road because my son had colic and reflux than I thought. Yeah. And I look back and I'm so glad I did that because now, like that's the last concert I went to. And now, I mean, who knows when we will get to right. go to a concert in that same way. Yeah. So, exactly. you know, I, I feel like I'm trying to find other ways to connect and to reach people. Um And just to keep people going. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like I had some highs and some lows during the shutdowns. I mean, I salons have been closed for months and then they open for two weeks and then they've been closed for months. And now they open back up and they're closed again. Like, I I mean, salons have been closed almost six months. Wow. That, you know, and, and I love doing hair. I love my clients. If I don't love you as a client... Typically, I refer you to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So every single day, I have someone I love seeing in my chair, and I love working on you, and I give you everything. I give you all the creativity I have for your hair, and I also give you, like, all socially that I have. Right. Um, When I think, like, that's – especially when that is a creative outlet for you, too. Um, I mean, you know, like – a lot of us have had to figure out other creative outlets right. during this time. I mean, like I, you know, I not obviously done a very good job of oh, gardening, no, as you can great. tell. There's a couple that are surviving. They look but, great. 
Um, but you know, that was like one way for me to channel, you know, creativity right. using my hands for things. Um, and you know, I like a lot of people, I like learned how to make bread, um, which I haven't done that in a while, but you know, and it was cooking a lot or baking right. stuff yeah. or just kind of working on my house and that sort of a thing. But it's, um, I know like, because right now I'm three months pregnant, which, you know, I guess we'll have to announce our pregnancy before this goes out. But, um, <laughs> For, I mean, it's really only been like a week that I've like felt good um, because the rest of the time I've felt like complete crap. Um, Probably a girl. Probably, right, typical. Um, But more so than any of the other pregnancies. Um, And so it was like even just to like take time for myself to read a book was exhausting. Right. Um, Like all that I could manage was just to like get my job done that I, you know, get paid for right um and then to just try and sit and n- do as little as possible and the days just i mean every day was like groundhog's day yeah and my husband his company took precautions and and made changes immediately mm-hmm. so he never worked from home mm. so i was home with the kids alone every single day and it it, it it was so hard, but so awesome. Mm-hmm. I feel like I really got to get to know my son. Yeah. I feel like I had some amazing memories and did amazing things with them. And when I went back to work, it was really hard. But I also at that same time thought I was going to die. Like it was like a very mixed um, yeah. battle of emotions. It was very alienating. It was very lonely. And I felt like my identity had been stripped. Yeah. You know, this pride that I felt of making a really good living and like, you know, helping all of these women, helping all of my clients. And, and my clients will always say like, I feel always like feel so good after I leave and you always give me such good balance and I feel reconnected and inspired. I mean, I have clients that are like, I changed my job and you helped motivate me or like I got my marriage in a better place and you helped motivate me, you know, and, and, those things that like, I feel like define me as like what makes up Lindsay King was now gone. So, I mean, I'm glad to be where I am now because if COVID hadn't happened, I don't know what I would be doing. Maybe what you deserve wouldn't be a thing yet. Um, I don't know, but it was a really tough journey. And, And truthfully, like that journey is just getting started. Yeah. And now, you know, all depending on COVID, I'm doing a, a fundraiser I'm really excited about, kind of a little contest with um, Heather Martin. She was mm-hmm. on Colton season of The Bachelorette. If you are a Bachelor fan, no. no? I, I, no? I've, okay. obviously, I've watched it. I don't think, is there anyone like in the, like that has not watched an episode, but not regularly, okay. but. So I'm pretty yes. hardcore hardcore bachelor so is my husband <laughs> we are really into the bachelor um bachelor in paradise is our fave but we we love bachelor um so heather martin's a client of mine mm-hmm. uh she was on colton season for those who do watch uh she has never been kissed heather and she is so beautiful i mean good lord you meet her and you're like yeah of course you <laughs> have to be famous for something because you're so gorgeous uh and she's so sweet so kind So she is doing a fundraiser online for me, which is so exciting. And then I have, you know, kind of our fiscal year planned, but it's so all depending on COVID. You know, our our fundraiser that I really want to do in the spring is mom prom. Mm. So I want to relive like all of our prom, like 
the spiked punch, the corny <laughs> photos, the terrible DJ. Like, I want all of that to be a reality and yeah. to be our um, fundraiser. I want, like, prom dresses. I want beautiful, ugly 80s. Like, I want I want the whole thing. And I have, you know, so many people that want to volunteer and want to be part of it. But, again, it just really all depends on yeah. COVID. Um, and the big event that I would like to do in the summer is, uh, like, a mind-body-soul uh, day where I'd love to partner with another nonprofit or a group to help with childcare because mm. so many women can't go to things like that because they have kids and they don't, they can't afford a nanny or daycare right. or they don't have family around. So I want to make sure there is childcare provided. And I want to do a day where it is talking about like maybe some motivational speakers come or some, um, you know, uh, what's the word? What am I thinking of? Um, like anxiety specialists where, you know, therapists get up and can do, you know, a talk and give you some tools where maybe, you know, you don't feel comfortable like getting in small groups and like getting down to your nitty and gritty, but kind of can give some tools in like the broader spectrum. Um, Do like a yoga class where it teaches some poses to things to do. You can do at home. Um, And then to end the day with something like pampering. Um, And again, it really all just depends on COVID. Um, The other thing that I really want to work on this year is a formula distribution. So I couldn't nurse my daughter. Mm -hmm. I had gestational diabetes. She came out um, with crazy blood sugar. They had to give her formula straight away. Mm. And she was like, I'm good. I'm in love with formula. You're dead to me, mom. (laughs) So I, um, I had to do formula. And like, I mean, for those out here of there who know about formula or have bought formula, like you buy one can when they're babies and you're like, oh, 20 bucks, 25 bucks, like whatever. Why do people complain about formula, Uh right? And it lasts like a month. And then your baby gets bigger and you're like, oh, shit, I'm going through a can (laughs) in like three days. Oh, God. So you're spending $60 a week in formula. And, and... There's no formula fairy. Like, you can't just mm-hmm. be like, oh, I need formula. Like, help hook a sister up. Like, there, there isn't. And especially, like, my son had to go on a specialty formula because his colic and reflux was uh-huh. so bad. Specialty formula, like, talk about even more inflated prices. Right. So I want to work with Similac and Infamil, and I want to start doing and figuring out how to do a formula distribution for those in need. Um, because... It's super important. And, like, yeah. nobody should be shamed for being on formula for a thousand reasons. And no one should have to worry about being able to get formula, right. too. Yeah. How, how in the hell are you supposed to be able to be creative or successful in your job or have a hobby? If or you're feel like a whole human. Right. Or yeah. if you're worried about how you're going to feed your baby the food that they need. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just, that is such a huge uh, importance to me. And 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 I'm I'm just a single person, and I'm not a... I'm not, I don't have millions of dollars like that. I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to buy all this. But I feel like I am a, I'm really good at a couple things. And that is being incredibly persistent. Um, I'm never afraid to ask for things and I'm never afraid of no. And then I'm never afraid to come back after hearing no again. So I'm not saying I'm going to like take on the formula companies, but I'm going to like try really hard to annoy the shit out of them <laughs> and hopefully um, be able to do a formula distribution 
Um, I mean, my goal would be once a month. Yeah. So that's like right now the things that my nonprofit are working on. And we met with a possible donor and he wanted this detailed plan. And I'm like, cool. So I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you like my COVID plan. Like if everything changes and then I'm going to give you like my non COVID Mm -hmm. plan. You know, I, I did a fundraiser like the day before we were going into purple and it was outside and it was freezing and it was really hard and it's so hard not to get discouraged. Right. Um, and, and it was, I mean, I didn't lose money. So I would say that made it a success, Mm -hmm. but truthfully, like, I feel like I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing every day. Like, yeah, I'm just trying to be like, well, what's next? Well, now what am I supposed to do? Like I'm trying to figure out my nonprofit as I go. Yeah. One, and one thing that I love about hearing these stories too, um, is being able to identify and, and verbalize like kind of the through line too, because I think a lot of times when things shift for us, whether it's voluntarily or, or just out of necessity, I think sometimes that can bring up with it, like a lot of shame too. Or even if we're kind of sitting in this place where, you know, we're not quite sure, like sometimes we can feel kind of like, oh man, like, what am I, am I doing something wrong? Should I be doing something more or what? Like, why does this not look exactly like I thought it should look or whatever it is? Yeah. Um, and like for you, I can see it's, and, and it's so cool. Even if I do that for myself, just to see kind of how I got where, where I am and why that's happened and all the like connected things around that. Um, but like, you know, your passion for music and performance and, um, you know, you probably had you not had that experience and, and that passion, um, might not have felt comfortable enough to, you know, be a, a public speaker and a motivational speaker. And then, you know, seeing how that's shifted to, you know, going from music to doing hair and then how that's, you know, you, that helped for you to identify this need that is all around us. Right. Plus, um, even hearing some of your experiences, like you're talking about, like in high school, right? Kind of being that, which I definitely identify with just kind of being that, I don't know, feeling a little bit invisible is kind of what I heard. And that was kind of my experience. For just me, it not, was the opposite. Yeah. I was too neon mm. um, where like everything's neutral tones yeah. and I was like highlighter yellow. Uh-huh. And I was, I, I mean, I have just always walked to the beat of my own drum. My husband calls it Lindsay Land. <laughs> and, and I have never cared what anyone has thought of me. Now, if if I was fr- like a good friend of mine was like, you know what, Lindsay, I actually think you're a terrible person and a terrible friend. That would make me really sad. Right. But if after you and I left and you were like, yeah, no, I really didn't like her. I would be like, well, okay. I wasn't her cup of tea. Like I, I, I wouldn't be heartbroken and mm-hmm. sad. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't think, oh, what do I need to change about myself for, for Jen to like me? I would say like, oh, I just wasn't a per, like, I wasn't her person. I wasn't meant to like fit into like what she needs in her life right now. And I've never cared what people have thought of me. Mm-hmm. So I've been okay with taking risks. Um, now, if I'm attached to you, then that's a different story. Right. But you know, until that point, I, I just know that I've always been different. I know that I don't necessarily like fit the norm mm-hmm. and I'm okay with it. I went and auditioned for American Idol a million years ago and 
I wore kind of what everybody else wore, which was like cowboy boots and like mm-hmm. a white sundress. And I wore that and I sang and the producers told me that I was unmarketable because I'm covered in tattoos and I'm in long sleeves right now. So you can't really see, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm covered in tattoos head to toe. And I was, I probably had like kind of crazy makeup and I had this like wild blonde spunky hair, but I was in this outfit trying to look like everybody else. Yeah. And I, they told me, you know, you, you are unmarketable because you don't fit and you're trying too hard mm. to fit. And I never forgot that. And I mean, it's a very long story, but I went back and re-auditioned and I wore yeah. like a crazy bright yellow dress and like, or these purple heels. And I still had wild, crazy hair. And I sang kind of an obscure song, like a, like a, like a sung version of a rap song. Uh-huh. And they loved it. And they were like, you're so different. Like you have such a different sound. Like you're so different. And I ended up not going through because they didn't have the rights to the song for copyright. But it was such a, I don't know, cool experience to come back around to right. after being told, like, stop trying to fit into a mold. Mm. And so now I don't. I mean, people look at me and they're like, oh, you're tattooed, so you must be a badass. Where I'm like, no, I'm the biggest <laughs> goody two-shoes of all time. Or they're yeah. like, oh, you are, you know, a mom. You must look like this. And it's like, well, if you actually saw me in, like, a tank top, you know, head-to-toe and tattoos, and, you know, my style is probably a little bit more on the, you know, conservative bohemian side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just, you... It is nice now being in my 30s and being completely comfortable in my skin and saying, yeah. you know, I, I feel like I'm a little bit of a melting pot and mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not just a singer. I'm not just a mom. I'm not just a hairstylist. I'm not just I'm not just anything Yeah, that I've been able to take a lot of life experiences. And now kind of my mission in life is whether my nonprofit flops, whether whatever happens is, but my mission in life is to empower and promote women and yeah. self-image. And that's, I think, kind of what I was meant to do. And it's just yeah. kind of all led me here. Right. Yeah. And I, and I love that, that, you know, you've been able to take all of that and then channel that into what you're currently doing and then, you know, and, and whatever, and well, and a lot of what you described too was just kind of this like, well, let's just kind of see what happens. Yeah. You know? And I mean, what's the worst, like what's the worst that's going to happen is like, I help a couple people and then I don't have any more funding. And Uh so it goes away. I mean, okay. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no, I feel like there's nothing you can lose if you're giving within your means. Now, if right. I'm like taking a second mortgage out of my house, okay, yeah, there's a little bit of a risk factor. But I feel like there's no there's no negative thing mm-hmm. to to help somebody or to give to somebody. And if you're giving for the sake of giving, then nothing else really matters. Like right. if you give to someone and you're sad that they didn't, whatever, give you the reaction you wanted, well, they're not giving for the right reasons. Right. You know, I didn't give to the the recipients that I assisted. I didn't give to them because I wanted, like, you better cry when I give you your stuff and you better <laughs> feel this, you better feel that. Like, that's not why I gave. Like, I gave because I was touched by their stories. Yeah. 
And I wanted to take a little bit of that heaviness and that load off of them. And I'm only one person and I don't have a ton of funding right now. I've mm-hmm. paid for a ton of stuff out of pocket when I've basically been out of work. So that's why I was only able to like touch these two women where like, yes, if I have more funding and if I have more resources, then I want to help more people mm-hmm. because that's what I what I want to do. Yeah. Um, well, and like I think back to like, I mean, there are things that I tried and, you know, I tried it once and it was like, OK, well, and you know that nothing came of that. And that's OK. I don't think necessarily everything that we do or that we try will or has to develop into this big thing. But right. even those things where it was like a one off, I'm like, gosh, you know what? That was a lot of fun. And that was a really great experience. And I learned a lot. And even if it wasn't a great experience, like your American Idol example is perfect for that. The first time that you went, you didn't really get the result that you wanted or you thought, but you learned an amazing thing from it that has stuck with you and totally is still with you and a part of what you're doing right now too. A life lesson. Yes. Um, And I think that that, I mean everything in my life, Mm -hmm. the the failures, the moves, the everything has gotten me to here. And I don't know what's, I don't, I really don't know what is next. I mean, I, I have no idea where I'm going to go. And I keep thinking like, this is my path and this is how it's going to go. And really, I think, you know, starting my nonprofit, it's really kind of just become an umbrella for whatever is to come. Right. Because I didn't think I was going to be speaking at a huge charity event. I didn't think I was going to want to like sit down and like write out a book. I didn't think, I mean, I didn't, I, I mm-hmm. had no idea. Um, you know, and now I just, my goal is to reach a bigger audience. You know, I, I want to, you know, get in touch with, with more people. I want to support more people. I want to, hopefully inspire and lift up and encourage and not like the catty girl shit where it's like, no girl, you do you like, I'm proud of you, but like get down to the nitty gritty Mm -hmm. and like show my vulnerability because I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Like I'm not above anybody else. I still look at the mirror and think like, oh my God, you're disgusting. Like look at my mask knee and like, look at my like really sad, tired eyes right now. Cause I am tired. Um, you know, like I have those things too. And like, I'm the first one to get down and be like, yeah, no, I, I have mom guilt sometimes. Mm -hmm. And like, I wish I could fit into those jeans. Like I'm with you. I'm not leading the, the journey while I'm sitting up on my pedestal. Like I am in the trenches with you. Mm -hmm. So now it's for me just about, um, tapping into a bigger audience. And I do feel like, you know, my social media skills are fairly terrible. <laughs> so um, are mine. <laughs> it's okay. You know, like getting some help with that. And yeah. so like digitally I can reach a bigger audience. Um, you know, I, I feel like I'm now looking for like that part, like the portion of like the help to get me to these big ideas mm-hmm. and these pictures. Um, and just kind of like taking it day by day. I just finished my gifting to my recipients, which has been so stressful, you know, meeting with donors and like doing everything like the legal way, which is a right. super buzzkill. Um, <laughs> like I can't just like, I can't just like take money and like do what I want with it, which is lame. Um, <laughs> 
So like doing everything like the legal way and like getting help and all mm. of that. And so now it's, you know, Christmas is right around the corner and I'm going to get through that. And then I, I you know, I'm, I got to kind of create my path depending on obviously COVID. Yeah. So that is kind of where I'm at now. And, and someday I would love to sing again. I would mm-hmm. love to, you know, sing for the joy of it. Not necessarily like I want to be famous because I really don't want that life. Um, but just for fun, just yeah. to be able to perform. And I do feel like like my performance cup by even doing this with you today mm-hmm. and getting on stage and, and talking to people and um, like that fills my creative cup. Yeah. Um, I don't have stage fright. I don't get, you know, nervous um, and I, and I love it. So um, yeah, I don't really know where to go from here. I just feel like I'm, I, I honestly, I, I don't know what I'm doing, so I yeah. don't know what's to come. So, but there can be so much liberation in that too, because yeah, it's and, terrifying though. Yeah, it, it is. But how many people too have it? You know, they've they made their plan and they fulfilled their plan, and they're just like, well, like I guess this is like what I am, right? Like there's there can be a lot of unfulfillment in that too. Um, like there's been times where I'm like, gosh, I feel really pigeonholed right now, um, and that's why I I always feel like a little bit strange too when I I bring somebody on and I'm like, and I even asked you right, like what well, like how do you refer to yourself as? Because I, I never want to pigeonhole someone. It's like, well, this is Lindsay and she's a hairstylist because I guarantee you um, that, I mean, I think really everyone that I've had on here, um, maybe it's a creative person thing or maybe, I don't know, but it's, they're not just that. Right. And, and I think, but I don't think anybody's just anything. Like you are not just Jen Made right. to create. And, and like, honestly, I don't even know what you do for a job. Yeah. What I mean, but you are not that either. I don't think anyone's mm-hmm. just anything. Yeah. And so, I mean, I guess if I was like a doctor, like I'd be like, no, I want that title because right. I worked my ass off for that title. But I mean, I, I typically just go by my name, yeah. like Lindsay King, because I am a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm a lot of things to different people. Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes we think that we have to like figure out what like the, the one thing that we are. And I I don't like I even think about like back in high school, right? Like I had a really hard time trying to figure out like, well, I thought I needed to figure out like, what's the thing that I am, right? Like I'm not very athletic. Like I, you know, I tried out for soccer and I like try to kick the ball and I miss the ball. So clearly that's not the thing. Um, You know, like I'm not, um, I don't know. Like, But I think naturally we want to put ourselves in a box. Absolutely. But I don't think like a creative person is not meant to go in a box. No, not at all. A creative person is meant to go in like a hexagon shaped (laughs) like tunnel. Like we are not, we're not meant to go in a box. And I feel like at least I've always known that, Mm -hmm. but I still feel like I've been wandering. And I do finally feel like, okay, I don't know where this path is taking me. Like I'm deep in some crazy jungle. But I know this is like the actual ground I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to be on and maybe I'll find my way out of the jungle or maybe I'll find a new path or maybe I'm going to like run into a monkey who's going to (laughs) like totally change me to this path. But at least I know I'm on the right ground and there's comfort in that. And truthfully, I feel like I'm like putting it out into the universe and I'm hoping that like I will meet the right person who's going to be like, hey, I run 
whatever, this boutique and I want to do an event with you and I want you to meet these people. Mm -hmm. And I meet, you know, someone who owns a winery and they're like, oh, I want you to come here and let's do an event here. And like, I want you to, you know, we'll start this bottle of wine that's called what you deserve. Like, like I'm hoping over time, like those things will grow and evolve Yeah, because that's what's happened right now. Like everyone that's made up of my board for my nonprofit are all people that I've met that in my mind, have something I don't I don't have mm-hmm. and are offering and bringing to the table that I deem as extremely valuable. Yeah. So I'm hoping that will just kind of keep naturally coming my way and like a path of like where I'm supposed to go besides like the fundraising and the events. Yeah. Like that's those things are already like kind of planned of what I want to do, but it's like what's after that mm-hmm. and like what's next and what's more. And, you know, as far as hair goes, like, I have to make a living, uh, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, super bummer. But, um, you know, right now, that's kind of, like, what I'm doing. But I would love to get to the point where I would be able to, you know, devote a couple days a week to what you deserve and also do hair and have that um, balance and the finances that all come with that that are not my forte. Right. (laughs) (laughs) My husband is the polar opposite of me. He is all numbers, black and white, finance, facts. Um, He's got like a, he could hear something and remember it forever. Like not photographic, but like memory, but it's the, whatever it's called, the word, you know, Uh you know the word, the word. The word. Um, And I mean, I'm the polar opposite. Everything is by feel. Everything Mm -hmm. is by by color, by melt, by texture. Like for me, that's just how I process information. Mm -hmm. So I just, I know what I'm good at and I know what I am not. Yeah. And so I leave the business side to other people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, truth be told, I wouldn't know where to even start with that side of things. So oh my God, I, it's awful. It's yeah. the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, and I feel like a lot of people who start nonprofits are creative and I feel like it is so much paperwork and process and like that, the writing that's like so hard to understand. It might as well be Shakespeare. Right. <laughs> and I'm just like, like my brain is like error, error <laughs> that I'm like, I can't, I just pass it off to someone else that I wonder like if they made it not necessarily easier, but like more of like a black and white process. Like more human. I don't know. Yeah. Like how many more people would have nonprofits? I don't know. <laughs> well, I think it's great. And I think it's, um, yeah, I, I think that's all a very real experience too. And totally. so it's like what you said, it's not, nobody has it all. None of us have it all figured out, whether no. it's, you know, trying to balance out like raising kids and figuring out, um, you know, employment or, or just how to balance life with like feeling okay with ourselves or whether it's like figuring out where we going just in life in general and what's next. And it's, it's all about a journey that we're on and just trying to figure out like, it's how do, how do we become, I think, okay with, like you said, like on the ground that we are on right now. And and truthfully, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm lucky enough to stumble there, (laughs) but I still have days where I'm like, uh, now what? Like, am oh, I, like, yeah. and I have all these people counting on me. You know, I have six people yeah. that are involved in my nonprofit. So I have all these people that are also counting on me to like lead them into making it successful. Mm-hmm. So it's not like just me, you know, and I, I have, I give up a lot of precious family time to, yeah, you know, 
keep going with my, you know, hairstyling career and education and also promoting my nonprofit and also doing events and, 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 and all of those things. And it's, it's, uh, uh, I don't know how I stumbled here and it might change tomorrow. I might be like, Jen, you know what? Um, I'm going down a new path and this was not my path, but I can say in this moment, I know it's where I'm supposed to be, but I also feel this huge sense of responsibility of my nonprofit and the people counting on me, but also like, did I give more than I take? And you'll see that like in a lot of things with me, like that is, I didn't make it up by any means. I heard it in a song actually. And I don't have the copyrights to it, so I'm not, like, (laughs) (laughs) no one sue me, please. Um, But I think about that, seriously, every single solitary day of my life. Mm -hmm. I think about that before I go to bed. Did I give more than I take? And I feel this sense of responsibility of, like, am I raising really good humans that are going to be, like, good to other people, good to the earth, that are going to, like, make the world a better place? Did I do the best? best I could today yeah. as a mom, a friend, a career person, a driver on the road. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I do, I feel this immense responsibility as a human on earth, like all religion and faith aside, but, mm-hmm. but am I the best that I can be for the sake of being good? Yeah. Um, not for a reward or recognition or again, for like any faith-based reasons, but yeah. just because I'm alive and I, and I, that's a very heavy existential thought, but I, I do, I think about it and it weighs me down and I feel like the pressure of that, like, am I good enough? Mm-hmm. Did I do enough? And that is something I take so, so serious, um, to give more than I take. Yeah. And I love that. I, one thing that we try and kind of along the same lines that we try and instill with our kids and they're still young, but is just the idea of, um, you know, like if we go somewhere and for a while, you know, we were like, Oh, you know, the, the motto of like, Oh, you know, leave it, leave it. How, how leave things the way that they were when you, when you got there or when you and so we've kind of shifted that. No, you know what? We're going to leave things better than how we found it. Yeah. Um, and whether that is like that means when you're at the park, you're not throwing your trash on the ground or right. or um, it or, you know, just when you meet somebody that the way that you're interacting with them, that you are leaving that individual and that relationship, you know, whether it's, um, y- you know, you're just you're going home for the day like you are leaving that interaction better than how you found it. Right. So the way that we are treating other people or even the way that we are leaving our earth or whatever it is. Absolutely. Um, and, and and, yeah, and not putting yourself first, you know, like I can't tell you how many times I've been at the grocery store, especially lately. And like, you know, people who are elderly and they're nervous and yeah, you know, if I don't have anywhere to be, go ahead of me, please. Yeah. Or like, let me help you lift this. Like you're looking around and you're lost, um, you know, taking those two seconds to, to observe what's going around you. Mm-hmm. And that, that gives me a huge sense of fulfillment. And that to me is not necessarily being creative, but that's being just a good human Yeah, and being a good person. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. And I think, um, one thing that if I can like leave you with any, like, 
um, just encouragement too, is that I think more of the time, the way that we teach that best is just by modeling that too. Absolutely. And I think about that all the time with my kids. And that doesn't mean that we're always perfect because some of the things I, I think that my kids have gotten the most out of me is when I screw up and then I'm able to go back and be like, gosh, you know what? I was not the best there. And totally. I don't like how that sounded. And I don't like the way that I talked to you. And I'm really sorry about that. And just so you know, I'm not going to be perfect. And I, but I'm trying to be the best mom that I can. Yeah. And absolutely. then, and then to see them be able to parrot that back, um, whether it's them, like even our, two-year-old um you know <laughs> like like I'll apologize if I like you know I got mad and I don't like the way that I handled something and then it's re a really cool experience to see her be like hey mom I'm really sorry about how I got mad at you um in the car today Aww, um, that's amazing right and so it, it's even in those moments when we are not our best selves but we're able to model what what do you do next yes that I think can be so powerful and that's a great totally. way of leaving things better than how you found it too. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I, I agree with that completely. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes with um, integrity. It comes with maturity. It comes yeah. with time. I mean, I can't sit here and say five years ago I had that <laughs> philosophy. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of that comes with time and maturity and, and yeah. life experiences. And yeah. I wouldn't be where I was if I didn't have all the life experiences I, I have. And, mm -hmm. and I just, I always knew that I was meant to do something creative. I yeah. knew that I was not going to go to school and be a personal assistant. Um, I, I really didn't even want to go to college, to be honest. I yeah. um, didn't want to at all. I applied to one, I applied to Cornish. It's a, a school in Seattle and I was going for my bachelor's in music. And I was like, if I don't get in, I don't get in. Mm. My parents were so pissed <laughs> because everyone in my family is very smart. Um, and I just knew it wasn't going to be my path. And I have tried so many different jobs. I was mm -hmm. a tattoo apprentice for a little while. Um, I've tattooed a few of my friends and myself. I, there's plenty of people out there that I've also tattooed that are not friends. Um, <laughs> You know, yeah. I was, I did music. I was a makeup artist. I did hair. I wanted to get, I, you know, I tiny dabbled in special effects makeup. Mm -hmm. I, um, you know, thought about going into like fashion design because I love to sew. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've done so, so many things. And that's why I say like, I, you know, had from the time I graduated high school till I went to beauty school, I had this like huge exploration period of time. And... I don't think I would know how to do anything else. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, I, I am forced to do like a little bit of like the other side of it. Mm -hmm. um, again, not wanting to like get in trouble for like embezzling money. <laughs> um, but I still like that is just the way that like my brain works. And like you were saying, like being creative sometimes can have a stigma of like it's a luxury. Yeah. But for me, it's the only way my brain knows how to work. Well, and this informs so much of who you are and, and how you live. Like I said before, it's, I think one of the connections between like creativity and, um, and a lot of like what I, you know, even known of your story prior to y you coming here today is that, um, it's, it can give us so much, which fills us up to give to other people, but it's also people receiving whatever our creative outlet is, um, 
can get so much from it too. And, and so not, again, so much of what they need, right? Like even, you know, what you are doing with, with hair is, um, you know, maybe like someone might think of that as like, okay, well that's, is that a necessity? But for somebody who like is really struggling to just kind of get through the day because they just don't feel like their best selves. Right. It is a necessity. Absolutely. And you never know what someone else is going through. All you know is what you know, and it's what your reality is. But truthfully, like you have no idea what somebody else is going through or can, can understand what's going on inside their head Mm -hmm. in certain situations, in in any situation, really. I mean, you may adapt to a social situation a hundred percent different than somebody else, even though you're both there and you're Mm -hmm. both being quiet about it. So, I mean, all you know is what you yourself know. So, I mean, yeah, uh, uh, hair can mean so much to people, especially for women. Yeah. Um, that's that's a huge in, importance, um, their hair and how it looks and how it feels and how it feels to them. Um, and I take a huge responsibility with that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to come in and be like, Hey, I want a pixie cut. I would say, no, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't want that responsibility. Yeah. So I'm, I, I, limit what I will am willing to do mm-hmm. and I'm only willing to do the things that like number one I feel really good about doing and strong at doing meaning delivering those results and things that I want to do and I don't want to cut all your hair off I mm-hmm. don't want that responsibility so I'm I'm not gonna do it yeah <laughs> so but I've been doing hair for 11 years now that I have that luxury to do and say I've, yeah. I've you know, started from the bottom up numerous times and all my moves I've had to start over. Yeah. So now I'm able to say, you know, or, or as a person, if I really don't care for you or we're not a good vibe, our energies aren't matching, you know, I don't, I don't think we're the best fit. Mm -hmm. And I have that confidence and that experience to be able to say that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like, you know, in hair, I'm, I'm in a very good place. I feel very, very lucky to have my salon family and my community um, and the support of my community. It's insane to have the support that I have in Poway. I've never had anything like it, like Mm -hmm. I was saying, in my entire life. Um, And I think because of that, like, you know, being like the weird loser girl, like, got voted most likely to be abducted by aliens that I feel like I almost it's not that I don't deserve it but I almost feel like like because I've been given that so much I feel like I like not that I have to give back Mm -hmm. but I'm so grateful and feel so for like foreign to me that I want to do something in return yeah to the community um so my we ordered I want to say like a couple hundred extra Christmas cards this year. So I'm going to go and drop off uh, Christmas cards to a few of the retirement homes because Mm -hmm. some of these people are not going to get visitors. They're not going to get Christmas gifts. And they have no clue who I am. But a Christmas card can mean so much to people. Yeah. And that's like one little thing like I can do for my community that I'm doing just because I want to. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, this has been really great. Um, Thank really you so fun. much. Yeah, this has been so fun. Um, and I'll, well, I'll, we can leave off with um, every guest that I have. I like to ask. Um, it's like the same question, but I always get wildly different answers, which is why I love it. Um, so we'll, I'll ask that question, then we'll kind of, you know, leave off from there. But um, the question is, 
How would you define creative living? We're living creatively. Oh, man. Um, and there's no wrong or right answer. So that's another beautiful thing about that question. <laughs> how would I define creative living? Can you use it in a sentence? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> how would I... I would say to define creative living would be to every day get to use that creative side of your brain mm -hmm. and feel confidence. That doesn't mean get paid for it, I guess. Yeah. But that means you feel confident in the fact that you're choosing to do that. So whether it is you are carving time out to paint for an hour every day mm -hmm. and like your kids leave you alone and your husband leaves you alone because they know it's important to you. Or maybe it is you are a graphic designer and you get to charge $500 an hour because you are so skilled. And so you get paid and you get that validation. And you get to do it every day. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe it's you get to take a dance class. Or uh, So to me, that would just be the fact that you are able to do it, whether you are paid or not paid. Mm -hmm. And it is respected by those in your life and respected by you. Yeah. You make it a priority and you do it. Awesome. I love it. Well, um, why don't you go ahead and tell um, everyone, like, if they want to know more about you or kind of what you're doing. Um, my personal hair page is Lindsay, L-A-N-D-S-E-Y, King, K-I-N-G, hair. And that is my personal page where I talk about my clients. I talk about every day I get, mm -hmm. or uh, every week I give, like, a message, product recommendations, it's just kind of my kids. It's it's everything. Uh -huh. um, so that's a great one to follow. And then um, What You Deserve SD is my nonprofit. And whatyoudeserve.org is our website where you can look and see our recipients, see our events, see what's coming. And we are getting our website kind of up and running. So bear with me. Um, <laughs> but I'd say Instagram, Facebook. My nonprofit, again, is What You Deserve, San Diego, and Lindsay King Hair is my Instagram and Facebook. Okay, awesome. We'll definitely make sure to link all that in the show notes, too. So, um, you know, if you didn't, like, get out a pen and paper really quick to write all that down, that's okay. Just go down to the show yeah, notes. Perfect. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> thank um, you so much for having me. This has yes. been so fun and so nice, and I loved it. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening to me talk for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks again. And um, as always, um, thank you for listening to me to create. And um, it's just such an honor to be able to share these stories with you all. And um, I know for me, it's um, a super creative outlet too. And it's just, I, I love being able to kind of hear people's journeys and get inspired by them too. So um, thanks Amazing. everyone. Yeah. Thank awesome. you.